Hello and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized informative podcast that's aimed to be listened to while you're in the shower, but really you can listen to it anywhere at all. The whole point of this podcast is we take those questions that have been keeping you up at night, the mysteries of the world, and we answer them in a teeny tiny bite-sized format. Listeners send in those questions and we do our best to debunk them. Thus far, we've answered questions like... How much does a cloud weigh? Why is the sky blue? Do plants have feelings? And loads, loads more. I suppose you could say... We expand your mind while you wash your behind. And for the last six weeks, we've been teaming up with Cadbury Twirl to not only answer those mystery questions, but also to try to answer the most mysterious question of them all. What makes a twirl so twirly? We've had our ideas, we've had our hypotheses, we've thought about this, we've thought about spiralizers, about dancing chocolate. I have it, Marcus. Go on, what makes a twirl so twirly, Taz? So we have up until this point always thought that the inside of a twirl was made and then the outside was covered in chocolate. Yeah. But what if, what if the shell on the outside was made first and then it was filled using a tiny little windmill that's blowing chocolate in little twirly waves inside the shell coating? Oh, wow. That's controversial, but I like it. Yes, yes, yes. That's good. Yeah, that's great. I think that's how they get a twirl so twirly. But I don't think that's it. I think my idea next week... Is how they do it. Okay. But you're just going to have to wait till then because we have a big twirly thought question to get through right now. I'm very, very, very excited about this one. It's one of the ones that I didn't even think I wondered until I wondered about it. This week's question, coming from a Cadbury Twirl fan, is... Who put the alphabet in order? In the shower with Marcus. 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 This week's question asks, who put the alphabet in alphabetical order? Which, funnily enough, I've never actually thought about considering I use the alphabet every single day. I kind of just always thought it was, like, dictated by the natural flow of the letters A into B and C into D and so on. I mean, do you know what? It does make a catchy sound, A, B, C, D, E. But do you ever notice the alphabet is the same tune as Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? No. Yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Twinkle, twinkle, twinkle little, little star. How have I never noticed that before? And you'll never guess who wrote I it. I actually do know this one. Do you? Mozart. Eh, eh, no. You told me that. No, I looked into it a little bit more. So basically, uh, Mozart, it's commonly thought that Mozart wrote the melody um, but he actually just composed arrangements of an existing melody, which um, originated in a French tune book, which was based on songs to be played at meals outside. and was called, Ah, vous direz-je, maman? Which is, oh, would you say, mother, in French? And the composer is unknown, but it's thought to be a French composer called Boilet. Oh, wow, so it wasn't Mozart at all. No, he actually, I listened to all his arrangements of it, and they are banging. Can't wait to play them up at the club. <laughs> okay, bonus fact for the episode, but seriously, let's get to the question at hand. Alphabet in order, if it wasn't Mozart, and it wasn't to do with this, the natural flow of the letters, what's it all about? Okay, so this question, asked by a Cadbury Twirl fan, is a fairly open and shut case. Um, so we're going to expand on it a little bit, because the people who put the alphabet in order did so much more than just put the alphabet in order. Oh, in, enlighten us then, wise one. Okay, so before we go on, just to, to set the ground rules, we're talking about the modern English alphabet. Say it um, as quickly as you can there. 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Okay, I think I can do it faster. I don't okay, know. guys, listening, will you please email in and tell us who won this one? Are you ready? Go on. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and T. Sugar, I said T at the end. <laughs> that was freakishly fast, but do you know what? Okay. There's been loads of different alphabets throughout history, but we are focusing on the modern English alphabet. The one I just recited at 0.2 of a second. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I assume it comes from... England and the and the British Empire. Nope, really? way before that. But you're on the right track. Um, we we are talking about an empire. The first people to use something resembling our alphabet, um, after it evolved from uh, hieroglyphics and polyglyphs, I think they were called, um, and moved out of Egypt, were called the Phoenicians, right? Phoenicians. Yeah, who ruled a small empire of maritime city states and colonies around the Mediterranean Sea. Um, they had an extensive use of an alphabet in their business dealings throughout their vast trade network. And because of that, it became standardized throughout the whole Mediterranean regions. And then um, later versions of that were called the Phoenician alphabet. No way. So so it was the Phoenicians. I've never even heard of them. Well, actually, no. Okay. The, the origin was the Phoenicians. So the Phoenicians were the first ones to kind of put something like an alphabet together. Yeah, well, to put the kind of the stems of our alphabet together. Okay. Um, but the Greeks borrowed the Phoenician alphabet sometime in the 8th century BC or earlier. So this goes way back. So they kept the order, but they adapted it for use with their own language. Um, For example, the Phoenician alphabet didn't have letters representing vowel sounds, so A-E-I-O-U, which were important in the Greek language, and the Greeks added them in. So, I mean, that's a a big kind of, you know, stepping stone towards the alphabet we use today. Okay. So after they worked out all the finer points of their new alphabet, Greeks living in the Italian peninsula came in contact with a tribe known as the Latins. Ah, the Latins. The, the Latins, the Latins. Sometime in the 5th century BC, the tribe adopted writing from the Greeks and another tribe called the Etruscans, choosing and mixing letters from the two alphabets as they needed, right? Okay, so we've got the... We've got the, the Phoenicians, Phoenicians, the Greeks, the, Greeks, the Latins, Latins, and the Etruscans. I've never even heard of the. Where are the Etruscans from? I don't know where the Etruscans are from, uh, but they were they were hanging out and they were all talking <laughs> about language. As the Latins would expand in population, geographic size, and cultural influence over the centuries, uh, creating you know a little empire called the Roman Empire. Oh, Rome! Um, yeah, there you know, They created the Roman Empire. Um, they conquered most of Europe, and then the Romans took their alphabet with them and spread it to new lands. So now the Romans claim the alphabet. Basically, but it kind of it's it started off between the Greeks, the Phoenicians, the Etruscans and the Latins. Okay. But then even when the empire eventually fell, the Latin alphabet survived with the people of the former Roman lands. And the alphabet was adapted to some native languages and exerted influence on others. Uh, most notably for us um, who were using Old English and Irish which gave rise to Middle English and then the modern English alphabet that we use today. So, I mean, that's the open and shut answer of... The evolution of the alphabet, I And suppose. who put it in order, right? Okay, okay. So, it was the Greeks and the Romans, in hindsight, who kind of formed what we use today. Yeah, and it takes its name from the first two letters of the Greek alphabet. I know, I know. Go on. Alpha, beta. Alpha and beta. There you go. So, that's where the word alphabet comes from. Do you know what? The, the Greeks and Romans have really done a lot for civilization as we know it today. What what else what else have they given us other than the building blocks of our language? Well, that's kind of what I want to look into in this episode. It's kind of a little crash course into what the Greeks and the Romans have done for us. So, Amazing. let's start let's start with the Greeks. They've had a massive impact on the way we live, think, and generally exist. And I want to give give them some credit here and in the shower 
by giving a little list of their legacy. I'm assuming this is all evolving around Greek yogurt, which is one of the best things in the world today. <laughs> yeah. We can add that to the list. But <laughs> do you know what? We're going to start the history with history. Okay. Right. So the Greeks were the first civilization to keep historical records of their own existence and exploits. And the first documented historian, Herodotus, who's known as the father of history, was the first person to do it. Oh my God, that's, that's amazing. Imagine... Imagine having that title. What a badass title. Father of history. Oh, yeah. And he has this amazing quote, uh, being the father of history, right? He okay, said he, okay. wanted to, he wanted to start documenting things. So, human achievement may be spared the ravages of time, and that everything great and astounding, and all of the glory of those exploits which serve to display Greeks and barbarians alike to such effect, be kept alive. And additionally, and most importantly, to give the reason they went to war. So he wanted to document the, the wars between the Greeks and the barbarians and all of their achievements and everything in between. Really, really, really crazy. So he basically wanted to make, he, he kind of, he was the first person to know that historical records would be valuable down the line. Yeah, that, that you know, you could learn from history. So he was the first person to actually, and the Greeks were the first people to really document their own history. Were you a friend of the father of history? You must have been in your early 20s around that time. Ha, ha, ha. You are hilarious. It's funny because I'm old, listeners. Okay. Marcus is old. <laughs> okay, what else did the Greeks do for us other than bring us, bring you to us? <sighs> A big one would be democracy. Um, the Greeks famously invented... History the... and democracy. Like, yep. documenting history and then democracy. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. A big one would be democracy. As I said, the Greeks famously invented the basis for democratic government with elected officials representing their people. Uh, decide everything on trade decisions to the death sentence to exile and property law. Uh, they were also the first people to int to introduce trial by jury. So obviously, living in a democratic country, Ireland, we have a lot to be thankful for. That's insane. So that literally came from the Greeks. Yeah, actually, a and a jury is a huge one. That's a ma that's a huge part of job. So the Greek word democratica literally means power to the people. Power to the people. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. They also brought the Olympic Games, didn't they? Yeah, uh, you betcha. So every four years, um, the Olympic Games would be held in the city of Olympia in Greece to honour the god Zeus. Um, even the marathon is named after something Greek. What? Yeah, um, so it's a little nod to Greek history because the first marathon commemorated the run of a soldier called, and I'll try this, if we have any Greek listeners, please send us in a little phonetic guide to this. His name was Phidippides. Uh, um he ran from a battlefield near the town of Marathon in Greece to Athens in 490 BC. And according to the legend, Phidippides ran the approximate 25 miles to announce the defeat of the Persians to the to the anxious Athenians. That's incredible. Yeah, so they've done... I wonder what his time was. I don't know. I'd say... I'd say do you reckon he's beating Usain Bolt or Mo Well, Mo Usain Bolt is a sprinter. Mo Farah would be the one, yeah. Mo Farah versus... Phidippides. Okay, so what about the Romans? So the Greeks and the Romans, we kind of know that they, for the most part, are responsible for putting our alphabet in order. The Greeks clearly are responsible for a lot of the things that we still use today. The Olympic Games, democracy, keeping historical records. What did the Romans do? So there's so much on this. And do you know what? I actually reckon that down the line we're going to probably do a special series of episodes on both civilizations and maybe some other civilizations because it could be really cool to just have this little bite-sized historical What's the story with the session. Romans or something? Yeah, because uh, their influence is absolutely insane. But the Romans did a hell of a lot as well. So obviously while the Greeks laid the foundations for philosophy, medicine, society, democracy and everything, 
the Romans and the Latins, the impact that they had is absolutely insane. So come here, what, what's, what was the time difference in terms of BC between the Greeks and the Romans? Which, was, which civilization came first? I couldn't tell you the timeline between the two civilizations off the top of my head. Uh, we'll put it up on our Instagram or up on our Facebook. But I know that the Greeks came first. The Greeks came first, so Greek and then Roman. Actually, we talked about something the Romans gave us on an episode about leap years, didn't we? Yeah. Which is our calendar. Yeah, the Romans designed the uh, the Julian calendar. Okay, so if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong here, but the Julian calendar was the first to consist of 365 days along with the leap year every four years, and it forms the basis of the Gregorian calendar we use today. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. And, and, and then the names of the months derive from Roman months, reflecting the importance... Roman impact on our modern diaries, I suppose. Yeah. The most obvious for July and August, which are named after the early rulers, Julius Caesar and Emperor Augustus. There you go. Correct? Yeah, July oh. was named after Julius and August was named after Augustus. Augustus. Not Augustus yeah. Gloop. Hmm? Not Augustus Gloop. Not Augustus Gloop. <laughs> but no, you're not mistaken. And um, how widespread the Roman Empire was, I mean, like when you actually look at how big the Roman Empire was, it was insane. It covered a massive portion of the known world at the time. Um, it meant that these ideas travelled and were adapted much further than their immediate area geographically. Um, one, another idea that the Romans spread was currency. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so before the Roman Empire, certain tribes had coins or traded in resources or livestock, but there wasn't one standardised currency. Okay, so and a lot of bartering too, I assume. Yeah, but the Roman Empire had one because it, they needed one because it was so large. Okay, okay. So, yeah, you could use your Roman coinage in Britain or Turkey or North Africa or in the capital, Rome, and it would have the same value and worth. That's amazing. Absolutely. So so genuinely, without the Greeks and the Romans, the world would be a completely different place today. I mean, when you look at it, it could be lawless, still controlled by dictatorships and oligarchies. The, the, the foundations of, of maths would be different, and philosophy. Yeah, as well as medicine. I mean, Hippocrates was the father of modern medicine. He was from Greece. They're also responsible for plumbing and sanitation, aren't do they? You know, then- actually, funnily enough, do you know why a plumber... It's called a plumber. Why? Because the Roman word for lead is plumbum. And what does lead have to do with plumbing? It was made, that's what the original pipes were made from. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, they were also responsible for kind of arts, weren't they? Like theatre, Theatre, art, mythology. When you look at the concept of a normal amphitheatre or stadium, they came from Greeks and Romans. I mean... They put the alphabet in order and they did so much more as well. And Taz, do you know what the most important thing of all is? Oh God, what's that? The Greeks are credited with inventing the first form of the shower. <gasps> so without them, we'd not e- we, we might not even have a shower to do our okay, podcast okay, in. Do you know what? What? I'm obviously very thankful for history and currency and roads and medicine and democracy, but I am most thankful for showering because Marcus... That is where we unite and tell people the mystery questions that they didn't even know they had. There you go. Come here, do you have any facts to end the episode? I have, a, I have some little ones, yeah. Okay, 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 go for it. So this has been a fairly fact-heavy episode, so I'll just kind of keep these light. Uh, the Greeks had some really strange superstitions about food. Okay. Some wouldn't eat beans, as they thought they contained the souls of the dead. Stop. Yeah. Well, if that was the case, I am full of so many souls of dead people because I love beans. Yeah, and I know where they're escaping from. <laughs> <laughs> and our final oh, fact. Oh, um, So we mentioned that they invented the Olympics, the Greeks, um, and events included wrestling, boxing, long jump, javelin, discus, chariot racing, and more. But 
those taking part in the wrestling event had to be the toughest. They were the big burly men. There were hardly any rules except that they had to compete naked. What? You'd want to shower after that. <laughs> so there you have it. The Greeks and the Romans put the alphabet in order with some help from the Etruscans and the Phoenicians, but they did so much more as well. I wonder what the Irish are going to be remembered for. Probably this podcast. I hope. <laughs> I hope so. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of In The Shower with Taz and Marcus. If you like what you heard, then good news, there's so many episodes. I'm talking over 50 facts for you to listen to. You will be a more interesting dinner party guest if you binge those episodes and you'll have a laugh in the process. Also, a massive thanks to anyone who came to our first three live shows um, just this weekend just gone at Electric Picnic it was really cool to meet so many people who listened to the podcast and to kind of interact face to face it's weird you know because here we're talking into microphones but there we were talking to you live and direct it was really really nice to put a face to some names and if you are a listener and you want to get in touch and say hi we would so love to hear from you as Marcus said you're invisible to us so when we get a message or an email to our Facebook or our Instagram or our email it really really does put a little smile on our faces so get in touch you can get us on email at intheshowerpodcast at gmail.com you can get us on Instagram and Twitter at intheshowerpod and on Facebook just look up intheshower with Taz and Marcus as we said, this episode of In The Share with Taz and Marcus is sponsored by Cadbury Twirl and next week we'll be answering some more Cadbury Twirl fan questions as well as tackling the most mysterious question of them all. What makes a twirl so twirly? Okay, before we tell you what next week's question is going to be, a few thank yous to wrap up the episode. A massive thank you to all the crew in Headstuff, Alan, Paddy and Co. We couldn't do what we do without you. Next up, thank you so much Flo Robinson for our cover art. We love you Flo. Big thank you to all the folks at Cadbury Twirl for partnering with us and letting us do what we do the way we do it. And finally, thank you so much Dave Gertzman for our amazing team music and amazing new theme song that he sent us during the week. He went out of his way to record an In The Shower Taz and Marcus jingle for us, which we're going to play when we end this episode and it's really brilliant. Thank you, Dave, for sending it on. If you need a jingle created, do check out Dave's Recordorama on Instagram. He is a hero and he's really good. Next week's question, Marcus. Next week's question is a great one and it is... Why do we cross our fingers for luck? That episode is going to be out next Monday morning in time for your shower. But in the meantime, keep, keep scrubbing. In the shower with Taz and Marcus. 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 This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.